And I always tell my clients to remember your dreams are messages from you to you about you in order to improve you. So never disregard anything, any of your dreams as meaningless or just a dream because it's so much more. Can you ever have too much of a good thing? I don't think so. So Lori Lowenberg is joining us today for a bonus episode of the Rose Woman podcast because we wanted more on dreams. She's a professional dream analyst. She's written a book called Dream On It, Unlock Your Dreams and Change Your Life. She's been featured on CNN, Good Morning America, Fox, The View, The Steve Harvey Show, Live with Kelly and Ryan, and as a recurring guest expert on The Today Show. She's a Floridian and an overall magical unicorn kind of a woman who has a lot to teach us about understanding the symbolism and how we might make meaning from our dreams. We talk about understanding the types of dreams, the templates of dreams, and a little bit about the possibility of collective dreaming. In addition, she gives you a practice for how you might mine your own dreams. So I hope you enjoy this bonus episode with Lori Lowenberg. I begin by asking her about how her fascination with dreams began. I've always been interested in my dreams since I was like two, three years old. Um, I could remember them bore my parents in the morning with all the dreams I had to tell them. Um, But it actually wasn't until after my grandfather died when I was 19. Two weeks after his death, I had this dream that was, I mean, I believe it was a contact dream. It was so real, so vivid. I could smell his old spice. I knew he was dead. We were walking through a museum and I asked him, what's it like where you are? And he said, well, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is that it's secure. Then he gave me a hug. He he walked up a staircase. Then I woke up and I could still feel his presence. And it just felt so real. And I was like, wow, what was that? I can remember it like it was last night. So that was the dream that propelled me to study dream psychology because I wanted to find out what is this? Why do we do it? Are we going somewhere? What's the purpose? It's so cool. But I was so impressed with how actually practical our dreams are when you can understand them and apply their messages to your life. I decided to make a career out of it. You use the term contact dreams there. Is that a term of art? What does that mean? A contact dream is when you are in the REM phase of sleep, which is when we dream, and you are able to possibly, it's only a theory, um, communicate with a loved one that has passed on. You communicate with their consciousness. I had that experience last night. My father was with me all night. Really? He came in three different phases of his life. Like once when I was very young and then once sort of in midlife when he was extremely busy and then once toward the end of his life, it was an extremely nourishing, nurturing dream. So it it felt so real. And I, I woke up feeling like he'd been with me. Did he have a message for you? basically the same message, like everything's all right, don't worry. It was a don't worry, a reassuring message. Yeah, that they always come with that sort of message. I'm still here. Everything is as it should be. And it doesn't leave you. It just, it feels different than other dreams. It's so nice to have languaging for it. So there's just no vocabulary. So I I would love it if you could give us a little overview on sort of a vocabulary to describe different kinds of dream states. Would that work? Sure. So uh, there's different types of dreams we all experience from time to time. There's, in general, dreams are problem-solving dreams. All dreams you have are working 
with you to help you solve some kind of problem. But then we have the nightmares, which are the dreams that are so intense and frightening that they jolt you awake. And you never forget your nightmares. <laughs> um, and then we have lucid dreaming. Let me know if you've had one of these where you're in the dream and then you realize it's a dream and then you take control of the dream. I don't think so. Those are so cool. You don't think you've had that? I mean, I, I, know, I know that I have tried to meet people in my dreams and I've been able to do that. But I've never tried to interfere or intervene in a dream while it was happening. But had, have you had the awareness that this is a dream? Yes, I've had that. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Next time you have one of those, start asking questions. See what kind of answers you get. Because your dream will answer you. Yeah. So that's called lucid dreaming. Um, and I had a lucid dream I'll tell you about later that changed my life and doubled my income. <laughs> we also have precognitive dreaming, which are the dreams you have that, that these are rare, but they do happen where you dream an event and then what you dreamt actually plays out exactly as you dreamt it like a few days or a few weeks later. Um, and then we have, um, you know, the sex dreams. Hopefully those are also precognitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, depending on who your partner is in the dream. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Uh, problem solving, nightmares, lucid dreams, precognitive, sex dreams. Go ahead. Yep, sex dreams. Oh, recurring dreams, which are the dreams you get over and over and over again. Or perhaps you have the same theme in your dream over and over and over again. Those are important to pay attention to because those are connected to, there's one of two reasons you're going to be getting a recurring dream. One is that is connected to an ongoing issue that has yet to be resolved. So for as long as the issue continues, so does the dream. The other reason you may get a recurring dream is that it's connected to a recurring behavior pattern. These are usually the lifelong recurring dreams because we tend to have behavior patterns throughout our life. So the recurring dreams are very important to pay attention to. There's, there's a few more. They'll come to me probably as we continue. But that's, that's the main type of dreams we all get. For your clients, for the people that you've been working with, are they beginning to interact with these in a more conscious way? How do you advise that they really begin noticing and engaging with their dream world? Okay, so once we go through a session... The, after your first session with me, you start understanding how your dreams work and how they're communicating with you. And I always tell my clients to remember your dreams are messages from you to you about you in order to improve you. So you want to look at your dreams as a conversation with the self and, and you want to look at your dreams as your partner in life, your built-in therapist slash best friend who's always got your back and who's always going to be there to advise you and also who's always going to be brutally honest with you and tell you what's really going on. So when you work with me, you start to understand how your dreams are a partner in your life and you start looking to them when you need to, when you have a, a dilemma, when you have a, a block, when you have a, or you just need inspiration. And so, you know, ask and you shall receive. You need something from your dreams ask before you go to bed, you shall receive. Do you, do you create a ritual for this bedtime asking? Um, I tell them to write it down, whatever your request is, whether you need, you know, you're writing a song and you just can't get, you know, the lyrics right, write out the request. You're having a problem with your mother-in-law, write out the request. 
and then you, as you close your eyes and you're dr drifting off, you want to think about a solution. You want to just live in it, but think about it positively because your dreams will, they're a continuation of your thought stream from the day. So if you drift off into sleep negatively or fearful or angry, your dreams are going to have that same tone. So you want to think about a solution. Think about the positive other side of your issue. And then that will set the tone for the way your dream is going to answer you. So the final part of the uh, ritual is when you wake up in the morning, you want to be able to remember that dream because you will have dreamed. We all dream every single night, whether we remember them or not. So you want to be able to have remembered the dream that you asked for. So when you wake up, it's really important that you do not move. You want to stay in the exact same position you woke up in because that's the position your body was in when you were dreaming. If you roll over, if you move, it's like unplugging yourself from the dream you were just in seconds ago. So we have this magical few moments in the morning when we wake up where we can still retain the dream, where we can still capture it. So in order to capture it, you got to stay put, quiet your mind, don't think about what you got to do today, and let the dream come back to you. And then you write it down, because if you don't, it'll be gone after breakfast. Okay. So I've got a dream protocol at night that basically tells me that I sit in what happened during the day. I know what I want to work with. I think solution-oriented. I write it down. And then when I wake up, I stay still. I don't move. And I let it come into consciousness, my conscious awareness, and then I capture it. And in that way, I'm sort of getting a coaching protocol, a self-coaching protocol. I love this idea that the dream world is my collaborator. That's so beautiful. It is. It's your best friend. It's your partner. It's your therapist. It's it's you helping you become the best you and the you that you're meant to be. So when you start working with people, do you, I mean, it's interesting that you did dream psychology. Are you guiding them to self-interpret what the dream has showed them or are you helping them interpret it like symbolism and things like that? It, well, and with me, it's also a partnership. I'm walking through the dream with you. We go through every single aspect of every single part of your dream, even down to what people, the, the color of clothing people are wearing, because every, you know, if you notice a certain type of plant in your dream, every little detail is important. Nothing in a dream is random. So we go through every single part of the dream and we figure it out together. Now there's, because I understand subconscious language, I'm able to help guide you to find the answer for yourself by asking you certain questions that will help you find within you, you know, what the do. So I'm not just like telling you, well, this means this, that means that, you know, we're walking through it together and discussing it and questioning it together. And it's really cool. It's kind of magical to go through the dream and then find the cool little presents and surprises it has for you. Yeah. I mean, if it's all intentional, nothing, I mean, I, I expect that if you're remembering it, it matters. Yeah, it matters. And what's cool about when, when I'm working with a client, their dream kind of grows the more we talk because they'll start remembering more than what they originally wanted me to help them with because we kind of go back into their head and back into that dream. And I'm walking through it with them and they're like, oh yeah, there was this really weird colored green couch in the corner with a baby on it. I forgot about that. So, you know, more parts of the dream come to life as we're working through it together. Why do we remember sometimes and we don't remember others? Like sometimes even without doing the morning, don't move. The dream is like just 
hits you and it stays with you all day. And then other times you've forgotten it completely. There's a couple reasons for that. One is the way you wake up. You know, if you just jump out of bed, you're, you're not going to retain the memory. Another reason is that the dream is just so impactful. It just really stays with you. You know, the emotion was so strong or whatever was going on in the dream was so bizarre or whoever was in the dream was so interesting. It just, you know, stays with you. I think in the same way that, you know, there's certain parts of your life that really stick with you. Some dreams are just like that. It it is a, a part of your life that sticks with you. Tell me about your practice. Like, when do people call you? Why do they call you? What do you, what is the most common reason? They want to talk to me when, you know, there's a dream that they just can't get out of their head that's just sitting with them and it's nagging at them. And it's usually the really bizarre, upsetting, disturbing dreams that people want to know about. That's, that's usually the first time a client contacts me. And then after that, they keep setting up more sessions with me because they'll have another dream, maybe not quite as intense and upsetting as the initial dream, but just enough to know that, okay, I think there's something in this dream I need to figure out. So usually initially it's a really upsetting dream that brings them to me. So they're coming with a very specific thing to respond to, not with a generic open question about their life. Yeah. And then do they work with you over time? Uh, That's how I build my clients, you know, that the walking through the dream and figuring it out and understanding it and having it resonate and make sense to them and, and finding the, the practical and applicable messages makes them realize this is really a very powerful thing I've got going on every night. And so then, you know, I retain a lot of clients that way because they keep coming back because they, you know, they got that taste of the magic of the power of it. You know, they realize that, yeah. And the magic, the magic and power of you, you're kind of a, you're kind of a sparkly, magical woman. Oh, well, gosh, thanks. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her. I like being called sparkly. <laughs> I wish you could all see Lori. She's got like long red hair and really cute glasses. And she's in this beautiful environment, all color, color coordinated, you know, just lovely. So what are some of the most common recurring symbols that people bring to you? Okay, so let's go through some of the more common ones I'm asked about. And you let me know if you've had them. Okay, have you ever had the teeth falling out dream or any anything happening to your teeth? I have not had that, but my daughter's had that. Oh, she has? How old is she? 35. 35, okay. The teeth dream is so common because it's actually connected to communication. So anything having to do with the mouth, the teeth, the throat area will almost always be connected to how you've been communicating. So if the, if your teeth are falling out, which is, there's a lot of versions of the teeth dream. If your teeth are falling out, that's the most common version. That's typically connected to saying something without thinking about it first, allowing something out of your mouth that should have stayed in there permanently, like your teeth. Another teeth dream is the teeth crackling or crumbling. That's the one I get. Um, And that's the opposite. That's when, that's weak speech. Because, you know, things crack when they're weak. So cracked teeth are weak speech. So you'll get that when you feel like you didn't hold up your end of an argument or when you didn't make your point strong enough or you just feel kind of stupid about how you said something not really well, you know. Um, Okay, so another really common one is dreaming of death. Your own death or the death of a loved one. Have you ever had that? 
Oh, that one. No, thank God. That would, I would call a definite nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Those are so upsetting. And these ones are so worrisome because they feel so real. You really feel that much. You actually grieve in the dream. It's actual, genuine grief that you're feeling in the dream. Now, these dreams are not a uh, foreshadowing of what's to come. They're symbolic about what is now. So death in a dream is typically about not the end of life, but the end of life as you now know it. So these dreams happen when something in our life is changing or ending to the point that it feels like the ending of something, the end of a phase of life. Like if you dream of your child dying, this is a really common dream for parents. We'll dream of our children dying when they reach different milestones. You know, when they learn to walk, when they go to school, when they learn to ride a bike, when they drive, when they go off to college, these are all endings of certain phases of their life. And so we grieve that in the dream. We feel it. It's a little death. But these death dreams are, as upsetting as they are, they're good for you because they are allowing you to let go of that which is no more so that you can be open to and embrace that which is coming. Well, that sounds like it's supportive of accepting transition. So don't be be anxious, basically. Right. Yeah. Let it go. It's okay. These are natural things. Okay. So also speaking of death dreams, there's death dreams, which are usually connected to a natural changing or ending in your life. And then there's murder (laughs) dreams where either you're, someone's trying to murder you, or you may be murdering someone. Again, it is a death dream, meaning it will be connected to some kind of changing or ending, but murder, unlike death, a natural death, it's a forced death. Therefore, murder dreams are connected to forcing a change or ending. So you may dream of being murdered when you're maybe giving up smoking, when you're actively making a change or ending in your life. So these dreams are also difficult to experience, but they're connected to changes. What about something like a chase dream, which has a little bit of like a threat of something changing? I don't know, something along those lines. So that is connected to either avoidance, avoiding a difficult issue, avoiding a confrontation. This is a common recurring dream that a lot of people get. And and it, it tends to happen when there's, if you're the type of person who, who who's always trying to avoid confrontation at all costs, you're going to get the being chased dream. You can also get it, though, when there's something you're trying to separate yourself from. You're trying to um, maybe a difficult past and you're trying to separate yourself from, get away from it, distance yourself from it, you know, not not let it be a part of your present. So if you're having if you're struggling with that, you'll get the being chased dream. Hmm. Okay, keep going with the common ones. We have um, the teeth, the death of the chase dream. Uh Okay, back at school. I get this one so much. Do you get this one? Yeah. Like oh, all of a sudden you're in high school again or something. You're in college. You forgot to do your homework. Yes. You, it's, it's the end of the semester and you didn't turn in any of your assignments. Yes. Or there's a big report due and you had all year to do it, but it's due tomorrow. And you're like, shoot. Um, and another one I get a lot, a version I get is where I have to take, and I had this just two nights ago. I have to take either my entire high school all over again, or maybe you know, my senior year all over again. And I'm my age now. And I know that I've already been through this. I don't have time for this now. Why am I having to do this? Okay. So the back at school dreams most often are connected to job or career. 
because school is your first job and it's where you learn the dynamics of a job. You have to be on time. You need to be prepared. You know, I've done your homework. You're being tested and judged. You want to fit in and be liked and you want to keep on moving up to the next level. These are the same dynamics at work. So you want to pay attention to the specific frustration or struggle in your back at school dream because it will reflect a struggle you're dealing with in real life at work or in your career. So a common one is you can't find your classroom or you can't find your um, your locker. This one is usually connected to feeling like you're in real life, like you're not where you should be in your job or your career, or maybe you're not in the right job or career for you. Because, you know, your locker is your real estate at school. That's your place. And then your classroom is where you're supposed to be right now. So, you know, ask yourself, does that fit for me? Am I not where I should be, where I think I should be in my job? Um, The one where you haven't prepared for a test. Okay. Ask yourself, first of all, how is my job or career testing me right now? And in what way am I not prepared for what I'm having to deal with at work? So these dreams are frustrating, but they're, you know, coming to us to help keep us on our toes so that we are overly prepared for, you know, what's at hand. Or they're alerting us to, hey, you're not where you should you should be. Find something that's a better fit for you so you could be happy. I like that one. And what about the relatives? I mean, that like we started with fathers and grandfathers, but how many times do you have somebody who is a dear beloved that comes to you in the dream, dead or alive? Right. Okay. So the people in our dreams are going to symbolize a part of ourself. Unless you deal with them on a daily basis, like your partner, your child, they'll usually play themselves. But if it's like a parent and you know, you're no longer living in the home with them. If you dream of your father, he's going to represent typically what a father is, that your ability to bring home the bacon, your ability to manage that bacon, your ability to make decisions and um, be authoritative, because that's the typical role of the father. If that was the role of your father in your dream, he's going to represent that part of you. If you dream of your mother, She's typically going to represent your own role as a mom, if you are a mom. If you're not a mom, then she would likely represent that nurturing part of you that likes to take care of yourself, take care of others, be a good listener, help people feel better, be supportive. You know, the nurturing part of you. If you dream of a a sibling, you know, you want to ask yourself what stands out the most about this sibling to you. For example, my brother, he's in my dreams from time to time. He's a computer programmer and cybersecurity expert. So whenever I'm having some kind of issue with my website or whatever, he'll show up in my dreams. (laughs) So, you know, you want and this is how it works with anybody that, that you dream about. The rule of thumb to figure out what they represent is, first of all, recognize they are some part of you. And then ask yourself what stands out about them. When I think of them, what first comes to mind? Whatever that is, whether it's a quality or if it's a negative trait, Apply that to yourself. How is that quality or that negative trait active right now in your life? That's another rule of thumb to remember about dreams that they're about right now. Our dreams are a continuation of our thought stream from the day. So your dreams tonight will be a commentary on today. So even if you dream of someone from your past, it's because there's something about them that's at play right now presently. 
something about them as you saw them, as what they represent to you. Yes. Yeah. They are now the face of that. So if you if you were to dream of another person I dream about from my past from time to time was the head cheerleader in high school. Her name was Wendy. So the dream isn't about Wendy. It's about the fact that she was a head cheerleader. So she'll show up when maybe I'm going through a depression and I need to find a way to bring cheer back into my life. Or perhaps when I need to play cheerleader in a supportive role to my husband or someone else in my life. So she's now the face of that part of me. Mm. What about memories that keep replaying in the dream or moments with a like an ex-partner or a business partner or something like that? So like you're reliving in the dream something that actually happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then ask yourself, if it's something recently or, you know, a memory, you're reliving something that happened a few days ago, then there's something impactful in that moment that your subconscious is wanting you to look at, examine, and find a message in. Maybe there is a learning moment in that, that your subconscious wants you to take with you. Um, If it's something from a long time ago, what's the lesson for you right now? There's a lesson in all these. Our our dreams will often borrow things from the past because in some way they apply and are helpful to our present. The other one that uh, my head of operations asked about was when your feet don't respond. Like when you're trying to move, but you can't move. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or you're trying to run. I get that occasionally. Trying to walk up the street or you're trying to run away from something or just even walk up the stairs and your legs are like cements or they just, yeah, just not moving. And that is the message. You're not making enough movement in some area of your life. There's not enough progress. How can you make more movement in order to get to where you want to go? Oh, so easy. It's such an easy answer. <laughs> sometimes sometimes figuring the dream out is pretty easy. And sometimes you got to really <laughs> dig and follow the thread, you know, to figure it out. And to a certain extent, it's it's kind of like tea leaves or crystal ball in a, in a way also, because it is really up to you to connect it to what's active. It's helping you plumb your own subconscious, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, there have been a lot of science fiction programming stories floated lately that suggest that we collectively dream. And that basically people simultaneously all around the world will have a similar dream and that it's got a message for humanity. Do you think dreaming can happen as a group? Bouncing off of that thought, ever since the pandemic hit, we started, we all started dreaming more. And there was something, I don't know if you were ever saw any of this, but on social media, there was trending um, quarantine dreams or pandemic dreams. And it, and that actually, I, brought me a lot of business and media attention, but <laughs> it was a really fascinating phenomenon. People were having really bizarre, vivid, long dreams. So um, I'm one of the, Dr. Deidre Barrett, actually, she did the biggest study on the quarantine dreams, but I did some dabbling in, in researching them as well, where we talked to hundreds and hundreds of people all across the globe about what their dreams were like since quarantine. And we found um, collectively several things that were common in all of our dreams, in the majority of our dreams. So one was fire. Another one was bugs. Uh, Let's see, it's been a while since I talked about this. Another one was um, 
virus showing up in weird forms like slithering snakes or monsters, you know, our subconscious mind would give like this monstrous, scary form to, to COVID. So yeah, we can have collective dreams as a society when we're going through something global like that. It's fascinating. Yeah. And they, they, in a couple of these different storylines, in one, they would get people who are highly vivid and active dreamers to sleep in the same space. And then they would record them all together, put it into an AI ingestion engine, and then look for patterns, you know, basically dream mining. And another one, that I read that I saw was where they were trying to basically upload the dream images and do the same thing automatically without the personal interference. But I think those are pretty exciting um, ways of accessing what's going on subconsciously uh, for the whole. Can I tell you a short story? Yes. (laughs) So I woke up one day um, on, I have this place in Hawaii that's a retreat center. And I just had this impulse to make a giant dream catcher. I'm talking like 20, 30 feet in diameter. So I so I did. I started weaving it and I made the whole thing and pulled the hemp and got the thing done, tied in jewels at the intersection of each of the things. And then I needed to find a place to hang it. And I found these two eucalyptus trees. I put it up there. And then I realized that the dream catcher had been positioned right next to the group sleeping space of the dormitory. Most of the cabins and the places where people sleep are individual huts, but this is a, a full dormitory. So you have eight to 10 people sleeping up there at any given time. So this giant dream catcher by accident went right in the place where it catch the dreams of the collective. Huh. And it was so cool yeah. that we decided to put carpets and rugs out in front of it and use it as a social social project. Like if you come here and you want to just all lay down with your friends and cuddle up after a dance or a meditation or something, you can just all lay there with your heads towards the dream catcher together and see what happens. <laughs> that's oh, So that's very serendipitous. <laughs> How cool. <laughs> It is. It got me. It got me on the idea of collective dreams. You know, and how does that work? Yeah, it, I, I see where you're going with that. Collective consciousness, you know, is a real thing. Yeah, and it would be cool to do a global experiment, as many people as possible, to try to dream the same thing, to find a solution. You know, so there is something called shared dreaming, where you dream the same thing or, or something very similar as someone you're close to on the same night. You know, I, I've, I had that experience with my husband on at least one occasion where we both dreamt about a house that was under construction and it had a leaky air conditioner <laughs> of all things. But the reason why that, you know, I, I, and I, people ask me this all the time. My mom and I had the same dream last night. What the heck? So the reason why that happens is because, and it usually happens to people that are very close, spouses, best friends, mother, daughter. And the reason why it happens is because the two people who are close are also like-minded and are also very likely dealing with the same issue because they're close. And the subconscious responds in a very similar fashion, giving them similar or the same dream. You're living a shared, you're having a shared experience. You're talking about the same things. You're feeling into the same things. I get that. Uh, You're also watching a lot of the same media, you know, so I would expect that that infiltrates your day also. Yeah. 
So I did try, this is going back 20 years. Uh, I was dating my husband long distance and we did try to meet in our dreams where you say, okay, we pick a very specific place. We visualize it before we go to bed and we're going to meet there and then report back the next morning on what happened by text. So you weren't, you know, um, giving each other suggestions and it worked. Oh, tell me. Why did that work? It worked. We showed up in this little bench and this little grove. And that would be like our, we'd set a time, like what time in the night, like at two o'clock in the morning, we'd meet there at this little bench that we both knew visually and understood how to get there. And it was so, uh, it worked. So what happened? Okay. So what you did is you incubated a dream. Okay. So dream, dream incubation is very much like manifestation. You know, when you want to manifest a goal or some kind of reality for yourself. You, you set the intention. This is something that obviously does work. So it's harder for other some people than others. It was very easy for you too, so that's awesome. But yeah, you, you set the intention about what you want to dream about, and you pick specific things like, let's meet at the Eiffel Tower, you know. And so then you both, as you drifted off, did you think about it, where you were going to meet him and all the details? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one of the reasons it worked because, you know, like I mentioned before, dreams are a continuation of our stream of thought from the day. The most important part of that stream of thought is the thought stream as you're drifting off because that's the closest one to REM. So if you focus on what you intend to dream about, odds are very good, you will be successful. Okay, well... I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to try your stuff and report back. I'm going to try your your dream protocol for the evening and the morning. Okay. What else do you want people to know, Lori, about dreaming? That your dreams are the most powerful part of who you are. To know that you should never disregard something as just a dream. It wasn't just a dream. It was a message from you to you about you mm. in order to improve you. It was, It was you trying to get your attention <laughs> about something you need to focus on and correct or be inspired by or, you know, whatever the case may be. So just know that you are a very magical, powerful being when you sleep. There's all kinds of messages and inspiration and answers and guidance and truth waiting to communicate with you while you're sleeping. So never disregard anything, any of your dreams as meaningless or just a dream because it's so much more. Beautiful. I love that. And then if you could have one, if you could have one wish for the people of the world related to their dreams, what would it be? I wish that people could remember their dreams more. Like I mentioned, such a powerful part of who we are. And so many of us don't remember it and don't pay attention to it. I wish that we could become more active dreamers. May everyone become an attentive, active dreamer to leverage their inner magician and inner counselor. Yes, your inner guru. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really love this topic. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, thanks for joining me on the Rose Woman podcast. And thank you, Lori Lowenberg. You can find her at WTF Did I Just Dream on Instagram. There's an underscore between the WTF and the did part. And you can also find her on the other links in the show notes. By the way, I did try that practice after interviewing her where you go to bed and right before you sleep, you set your intention for your dreams, like what problem do you want to solve in it? And then when you wake up in the morning, you don't move, 
you bring into conscious awareness the dream and then you write down what you experienced. And it was amazing. I did it for a week and every night I got very clear instructions. So that's one woman's testimonial about using Lori Lowenberg's methodology. And if you liked this bonus episode, please take a moment and text it to someone you love. Let people know about the podcast. It's a labor of love for me. And of course, I have to give a plug for Rosebud Woman, the company that we started, which focuses on intimate wellness and body love through all the stages of a person's life. You can find Rosebud Woman at rosewoman.com. Thank you, and may you have the most beautiful day. May your dreams inform the best and most beautiful life possible for you.